Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is Minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast, your favorite weekly games podcast. My name is Kerry Palmer and joining me, uh, as always, from a very slightly different location is Jeremy Bradetich. I feel so far away. <laughs> like, I feel so far away. It's so yeah. odd. But you've got your headphones on and your microphone's right there. You're as, you're as close as you actually ever are to the show. Yeah. I, I think one of the things is I also, like, I've only got one monitor in front of me. I'm so used to having three. But I also don't right. have my, I don't have my desktop keyboard next to me. That's over my desk, which is just over there. Um, yeah. I've got a lot of, I've really blown up this room. I've really, like, this room is now unusable unless you want to use it for this exact <laughs> situation this is this is uh, no, this is no longer a spare bedroom this is this is no. not this is not a, a room that could be used for displaying things this is not a room or that like could, putting someone in on a spare mattress i, I can be, i can't even like behind this green screen is a wardrobe so i can't even access anything that's in there uh-huh. um the TV is basically only usable for the scenario that I've got set up right now, which is for OBS to watch the to like to manage um, the podcast. Um, this is utterly bizarre. For those who are listening, uh, Jeremy has set up the 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 long-awaited uh, desk setup basically in his spare room. Uh, He's he's got his microphone, a laptop, his stream deck, the roadcaster. It's all on his little white desk in front of him. Behind him is a poorly stretched out green screen, and he's sitting on his kitchen chair. It's a really, honestly, a very good vibe. But I first thing I saw when, well, first thing I thought when you turned the camera on today, I was like, oh no, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It, so I, I was I, I've been working on this for a while. Um, which we we've spoken about in the past, like the idea of having this desk, having this little set going, um, and I, I I had sort of semi gotten it in my mind that I needed the the really expensive um, Blackmagic um, HDMI Studio Switch thing that I I still yeah, really want to buy. We spoke about extensively in last week's post show, and like, look, that thing is still really cool and also really cheap for what it is. Um, that I probably still will pick it up, but not before the end of the year, um, just because there's there's uh, because because OBS is still powerful enough and actually not a problem. Well, because then... OBS is still powerful enough, powerful enough and not a problem, but also because I I I thought about it for a while last night, and I was like, okay, right. what do I need? What do I? And I started to set everything up because I need I wanted to find the gaps, and so I found the gaps, and then I went to Officeworks on my way home from work today. I see. Um, and picked up the gaps and also accidentally bought the wrong thing, but that's fine. It still works. Um, but like I, I did call up store DJ today as well being like, just like, just curious, like what's your return policy on this stuff? And, and like, mm. do you have it in stock and what time you open till today? <laughs> and, like, oh man, you are, you're teetering. You're like <laughs> feathering over the edge. You're, you're ready to go. I, I, I could have made it there and bought it. The setup to get that working is yeah. much, much larger than what I would have had time for. Oh, that's a whole weekend. Th- that is like a brand new piece of software that is importing all of the assets. That is that is a that is a project for the new year. <laughs> if yeah. if if I've ever had a project for the new year, that's one of them. Yep, totally. As fun an idea as it is. Yeah. Um Yeah, well it's fun. It's a good shake up, nonetheless. Yeah. Black magic deck or not. 
uh, it's 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 good fun. I like seeing the roadcaster on the desk with all of its colors, all it's of its good. buttons. It's, it's a, fun. It's a good looking machine. Um, Considering how much how responsible it is for running our this this whole podcast, I think it, it it's only right that it gets to be featured somewhat in the show. Yeah, and like it's it it's a cool looking thing. Um, it like it it is the redundancy and the redundancy. It is like everything lives on this machine. Um, and on Amazon's Twitch servers. Um, yes, and on my hard drive. But like, but like th- th- this is the this is the the. The, the life this is the the backbone of the podcast is this machine the beating heart yeah yeah <laughs> the brains the organization there now we're the brains we're the brains this is just a tool yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's also i'm like i'm not looking directly at the camera because the camera's over there um and i'm not used to that either i'm not used to not looking straight onto the thing but it's because i'm looking at you yeah. which yeah, is totally a, a big telly um, it is, this is very uncanny. <laughs> Do you think you'll leave it set up semi-permanently? Um, I will probably tear it down and head to Bunnings and get some better stuff. Um, but potentially I want to get a couple of duplicates of things. So like, for example, the power source for the lights that I've got set up, I want to get like just some dupes of those so that when I need to move them, I can just leave the entire power source plugged into my desk and have another yep. one ready to just plug into um because totally. those, those are cheap as um that's how i do my um my playstation like i have cables at my desk yes yeah and then when i move the playstation or xbox or, or, or switch even they're this, mostly the same cables yes. so then well, not quite the switch but you know i just bring the box over and i plug it in yeah um, yeah, I've, I've, I have the same. And it, it makes life so much easier when you're constantly moving stuff around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy. Kerry. There was something, there was, there was what I would like to call discourse today. Yes. Have you seen much or any of H Bomber Guy's latest video? I haven't watched it yet. I, I know I know I can't believe you haven't watched any of the four hour video he dropped twenty four hours ago. How <laughs> I, could you do this? I, I almost did, but I was I was too busy. I was like, oh I'm so excited to watch this eventually. I, I might watch yeah. it. I might watch some of it tonight um before I go to bed. Not all of it, because it's a it's a no. it sure is a doozy, but it's, I am yeah, it's sure I'm excited for it. Especially the like people are focusing on one part of the takedown. The part of the takedown that I'm the most excited about is the internet historian one. Um, mm. Because like, I don't want to say that like I knew, but like. But you, you that, had an inkling. Like the, the vibes of that dude were off for quite a while. That like shocked I am. Shocked that he <laughs> yeah. is like shocked and vindicated I am. Yep. Um, because uh, for man. those not aware, H Bomber guys put out one of his uh, famous movie plus length yep. <laughs> feature films. Yeah, exactly. This one's about plagiarism and how it and how it has proliferated on YouTube and in the gaming and sphere and stuff like that. Yes, um, it's it's so great. It's a doozy. Following following off from the Roblox video last year, this is a an excellent. Um, sort of uh, next one, one-two punch, I guess. Yeah, it's, right. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's good seeing him rant this much about stuff that's like really serious because, like, his tone is really. It gets a bit grating in the end because he he gets a bit shouty. Um, 
And when he's yelling about like only Deus Ex for like four and a half hours, it it can get a, it can wear a bit thin. Sure. But when he's pulling up all of these examples of these people plagiarizing people's work and 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 really um, devaluing the industry they're in by by being so shit in it for so long, it's like, yeah, no, be this outraged. I'm here for it. Yeah. 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 It was funny. It's funny watching everyone like vague tweeting about it on Blue Sky or on Twitter. I saw Mike Bithell at one point just said, I knew it. I called this months ago. (laughs) (laughs) And he hasn't provided any other context because people are like, I haven't seen it yet. No spoilers. So I don't know who he's talking about that he knew was a plagiarist or knew was bad vibes. I I think it's the second one because the, 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 and I'm not familiar with with the second person. Um, I've never seen any of their stuff before, but I saw um, uh, Gita Jackson. Um, of aftermath also bring up the fact that they were also um, plagiarized by it and that they also have a, a, a good sense of vindication by this as well and and they're also mates with h bomber guys so they were like i i had an idea of what it was about but they were like well gita didn't know what article it was right well gita didn't know what the what the topic was about and they were like, and I'm glad I didn't know because I've got such a big mouth I wouldn't have been able to fucking give it a secret <laughs> that's so funny yeah that's a good one. Uh, well, anyway, let's crack into the show. Uh, we've got a few things to talk about today, a few games to touch on. Um, if you see me looking over my shoulder, I'm just checking on my my cat who was uh, a few, sedated a few hours ago for dental surgery, and he's 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 walked into the room, he's sat down in front of the door, and he hasn't moved in about 20 minutes. <laughs> he's just, right. He's just, right now he's staring at the carpet. Oh, when I yeah, sit back. It's not moving. Sorry, um, sorry, when I sit back, I am so far away. I'm so little. <laughs> I'm so, so yeah, far. you are. You, you're quite zoomed out. I feel like the, you know that picture of Spider-Man sitting at the desk? <laughs> Where he's just no, like, I don't. Oh, you should Google Spider-Man yeah. sitting at the desk. I've probably seen You've it. You've probably seen it. Um, all I need is a picture of myself just behind me. <laughs> yeah, I've seen this. <laughs> what, you, what you need to do is you need to be shorter. Like, like it's like it's like a bust, you know? It's like... Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's it. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to talk about games. We're going to talk about uh, the, the game awards as well. They haven't happened yet, but um, there's a few things going on there. Uh, other discourse happening this week. Um, and yeah, we'll no doubt talk about the game awards next week after yes. uh, they happen and there are announcements and awards. Yeah. Uh, we'll also probably talk about GTA 6 next week to what extent we don't know. That'll depend entirely on Rockstar, I think, but um, I'm looking forward to that happening. Uh, but yeah. 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 Yes. Before that, we're going to talk about all the games we've been playing. Um, if you're not aware, this is the Minimap cast. This is minimap.com.au's weekly games podcast. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, make sure you tell all the friends that you think might like this that you know. Uh, and give the show a positive rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. It makes a huge difference to us, makes a huge difference to the show, and it only takes a couple of seconds. If you want to get notified every time a new episode is released or every time we go live, you can follow us on social media. The account for Minimap is at MinimapAU on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and also Twitch, where we are live every Monday night, 7.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time for the live recording of the Minimapcast. Uh, you can find us on Blue Sky as well. It's just the website name there on Blue Sky, minimap.com.au, and you'll find the Blue Sky account there. 
Um, but yeah, if you join us while we're live, we're always hanging out with the chat um, before and during and after. It's a good time. We wanted to say thank you to Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D Improv as the music for the minimap cast. You can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. This is reminding me with Shook's excellent uh, synth playing how we spent a good 40 minutes last week going down the, the, the synthesizer rabbit hole in the post show. That was good fun. I've... I've... I've continued that rabbit hole across various avenues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I, I watched a video earlier, le, le, earlier a day or two ago, and it was something about. Oh, it was. Uh, do you know Dank Pods? No. They do. He's like a larrikin Aussie, but he's he's a he's a guy who's got like a drum, like a master's degree in like music. He's got like or like two bachelors in music or something. He's a funny music guy and he reviews audio products but he also has a drum channel and um he reviewed this this 90s electronic drum kit from roland that he bought for 50 dollars, and it came in this like open box which is just this mess of pads and cables cool. and he put it together with all these unique sounds i was like oh, i should send this to jeremy <laughs> yeah yes yes you should uh, <laughs> and uh but i'm distracted from the rest of my rigmarole hey if you like what we're doing here and you want to support us, you could do that over on Patreon. Uh, that helps us to keep the mics and the lights on to uh, to create new sets and and hack together bookshelves into things they were never meant to be. Uh, so for only five dollars <laughs> a month, you can get twenty four hours of early access for all episodes of the Minimap Cast, plus extra bonus features uh, and more. So head on over to Patreon.com/slash/MinimapAU to help us out. And remember, it's cheaper than a latte with oat milk. I forgot I'm sitting in a bookcase. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, yeah, you are. Well, it's, I don't think it's a bookcase anymore. It was a bookcase. Yes, I have since uh, evolved it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, what do you want to start with, Jeremy? I've, got, I've just got a couple of quick things for, from this week. Um, not that I haven't been playing games, but... Uh, can, I, can I start with mine then? Oh, please. So, so earlier today, um, I was like, we, we, we were discussing getting ready for the, for the podcast. And you were like, what have you been playing? Mm. And I said, it's a secret. And I was like, wait, let me find out if I can talk about it. And so I looked Shut up. Shut up. I looked at it. And I was like, oh, I can talk about this. It's fine. And the, the, the way I found out is because I Googled if anyone else was talking about it. Um, and... Uh, then I realized that other people were. I'm like, great, cool, I can do that. Um, so I've been playing a, a video game, um, Kerry, on my. Um, cel- I can't believe it. On my cellular device. Um, it is called uh, Kingdom Hearts: The Missing Link. Um, I'm in the uh, closed beta test, or the oh, CVT no. of, of, the, of the latest no. uh, Kingdom I Hearts. I was not prepared to talk about Kingdom Hearts today. Um, yeah, I've been playing um, Kingdom Hearts um, Pokemon Go like, <laughs> oh, which is okay. the latest, the latest, um, uh, the the latest entry into into my favorite franchise. Um, that's not quite true, but like the latest entry into into a franchise that is very close to my heart, close to my Kingdom Hearts. Um, <laughs> so it's still in it's still in a it's still in a beta, still in a closed beta. So like. A lot of the stuff will be subject to change, and it's it's probably not feature complete. Um, but what it is is it, it's like 
it's a mix between Pokemon Go and it's also a, like a, a kind of a send-off, like iteration of a lot of the other Pokemon Go like games that have come out, like the Pikmin one and the Jurassic World one and the Monster Hunter one and the other various ones that have come out. Mm-hmm. Um, the way this one works is you are a, a Keyblade wielder. It is, they do the, they've done a wonderful thing in this one where they've gone back even earlier in the timeline, earlier than we've ever been, as they often like to do. And my favorite thing that this franchise repeatedly does is it because it's got all, it's got a lot of the the same enemies from the very first video game, which is not even close to being first chronologically because they've gone back thousands of years prior, as 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 stories often do, as one does, as one does. Um, but what they've done is because they've they they keep using those iconic looking enemies, they have to keep on coming up with the reasons why they were around thousands of years before the origin they've already given, and thousands of years before the origin they've given before that, which is a thing that they always do, and it is always so unnecessary and very funny that they have to continuously rewrite their own history because they keep like to going back, keep like to go back further than what they've ever been but use the enemies that everybody recognizes. Yeah. So um, tangling themselves up in their own tail. A little bit. Um, but so the, the way the show, the way the game works is that um, you're a key, ba- a keyblade wielder from eons ago. Um, you wake up on a beach without any memory of who you are or what you've been. Uh, you will. That's a, that's a, that's a thing um, with the, with the series. Um, it's like starting it off in space in star Wars. Um, the, you then meet someone and dialogue happens and it, I sort of just ignored it. Um, and like what happens is you are a Keyblade wielder that is actually walking around, um, the, the, like the GPS world, like, and it's, it's got the same like populated digitized versions of Google maps that all the other games have got. Um, and you're around like fighting heartless with your, with your Keyblade and the game functions like the gameplay is very close to a Kingdom Hearts game where you walk around, you tap the screen and you do Keyblade hits and you've got a a list of abilities which you can equip, which are in this game, that's the gacha mechanic where like you're capturing um, and collecting various characters from Disney and Kingdom Hearts um, and you're equipping those as your abilities and each character has got a different ability associated with them. Um, But the gameplay is kind of just like a really stripped down version of Kingdom Hearts gameplay, which is not what I expected from a mobile game. Um, Mm. It looks like it's got the same visual style as Kingdom Hearts three where it's, it's, it's got that, like they've, they've sort of reconsistent, reconsistentize. They have brought some level of consistency to their art style that the game actually feels and looks like Kingdom Hearts 3 and 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 the more modern ones um just with the lighting and the texturing which I which I thought was interesting um but you're just sort of like you're 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 whacking heartless um and you're then collecting resources from the heartless and then you're mm. upgrading your own abilities and different key, you can collect different keyblades and there are different um markers in the world where they will either give you health and mana so that you can continue fighting or there'll be um, the, the equivalent of like a gym or a, or a like, th- there's nothing that's equivalent of, like nothing that's one-to-one equivalent to a Pokemon gym and a stop, but there's sort of lesser and more versions than that where there's, there's areas which will just give you health and mana and then there's larger objectives which will give you more um, 
characters or like those abilities that I mentioned before. Um, and then if you have multiples of them, you can then level up the, the star rating of those characters and they'll get stronger while also just leveling up the actual numbers as is the way with multiple currencies in mobile games. Um, the part of this that's really interesting, I think, as a gameplay level is, I think over the past couple of years, there's been kind of a, a struggle with games like Pokemon Go and the Monster Hunter one and a couple others where it's hard to have a mechanic where you're able to um, work in not being at the exact location that you're currently at. And Pokemon Go throughout um, COVID lockdowns had a whole bunch of mechanics of like you could teleport across the different places and you would like collect Pokemon that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise because no one could move around. Mm. Um, and they ended up stripping that back over the years. Um, I'm not sure what state it's in currently. I think it's more of a like... Uh, it's it's more or less removed by this point, or at least it's back to being a paid feature. Um, this one is interesting where every time you fight a battle, you'll get, like there's a, there's a, there's a specific type of currency which you'll get. Um, every time you fight a, fight a battle, you sort of get two or three of them, um, but you can disable GPS mode and you can just walk around the map. And then oh. um, interacting with things that you wouldn't be able to reach uses this currency, which you get, not a small amount of um, that you could just go over and 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 do a battle that's maybe like a couple blocks away and then sort of re-enable GPS mode on the fly and it'll just go back to where you are and you can do everything without having to spend the currency. Um, the, 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 the monetary balancing, I think, on it, I think is quite good. That doesn't mean that they'll keep it. Because no, because they might want it to be a bit under-baked so that you're incentivized to purchase stuff a little more or something. So, so like, I... But like I yes, which is why I like they might they might increase the amount those usually cost. However, I think that that is not where their biggest like looking at the way like the areas that game is funneling me towards. That's not the part of it that they want me to spend money on. They want me mm. to spend money on the gacha mechanic because they know that's the thing that's already consistently addictive towards in a lot of other games. It's the thing that you want to keep doing those pulls and hopefully you get something better than what you've already got. That seems to be where their, their monetization focus is. So I think this might actually be more or less what we get in the game, which I think is good because you get sort of two or three of those currencies per battle, sometimes four, and then... Um, stuff that's relatively close to you will sort of cost about 20. Um, and then stuff that's a bit further away will cost closer to 50. And, and then I found one that cost 600, but that was like a really big, um, like a, the equivalent of a gym or a raid, maybe even in Pokemon Go, like a really big thing that I, that I also wasn't close to at all. Um, mm. that, that one cost 600, which was half of my currency at the time. Um, but I think that that's quite a good way of actually allowing you to like, oh, just go a block over, get the thing, and then come back. Like, it only, it'll only cost me 20. Um, and I'm getting, like, there's there's usually about six or seven battles when I open my app up anyway. Mm. Um, and there are also, like, same with lures in Pokemon Go, there are ways to get more enemies to rock up to you. Um, so I found that I found that quite interesting. Um, usually you're fighting Heartless when you're doing a, a, larger, um, a larger type gacha like like fighting for a character battle. I'm not sure what it's called in the game. Um, you'll usually fight another Keyblade wielder um, and you also have a time limit to defeat those as opposed to the regular Heartless battles where you just sort of go. Um, there's also an auto battle feature so you can just sort of join and it'll just fight for you and it'll usually take more hits than you would because you're not dodging out of the way. 
as much because the the auto battle is not nearly as mm. intelligent as a regular player. Um, but you can then put it in um, hands-off mode, which is good for when you're walking around and not actually on the app. The app stays running. You can't use your phone while you're doing it, but um, it will, based on parameters that you've set, which is just how much health and mana you have, it will auto battle everything that it comes by, um, just like the like similar to Pokemon Go, where it'll, it'll automatically catch things for you. Um, but there's also like there's because when you tip your phone upside down in Pokemon Go, it sort of like disables the the so you're not just like hitting buttons in your pocket. This actually is like a lock feature where it'll it'll enable nice. its own screen lock, which I find much more reliable. Um, so. Yeah, like overall, I think it's actually quite good. Um, and I really wasn't expecting it because I was kind of like, I've never been a massive fan of the Kingdom Hearts mobile games. They've been very, yeah. very like, like really chapter based. And the gameplay is based in the past has been based on the card game Kingdom Hearts games, which I did not enjoy even the full versions of those games, let alone the the mobile ones. Um mm. But as far as a, a Pokemon Go like, they're doing like a lot of interesting takes on the mechanics that we've sort of come just to be used to, I think, in, in that space. Um, and it looks quite good. Like visually, it's, a, it's quite a good looking game. It's it, like, and it's got all the, you know, various Disney characters and stuff. Like I've got, you know, Woody and Buzz and Nala mm. from the Lion King as abilities and Mickey and stuff. Um, I, I have not been um, uh, heavily focused on the story in it. Um, and I think that they're doing the, like, it's it's the same issue that I've got with a lot of their other mobile games, which is set in the Kingdom Hearts, like the era of Kingdom Hearts that I care and enjoy the least, which is the before everything one. Yeah, and it's yeah. even before everything that, and it's all about when there were thousands of Keyblade wielders and there was the Keyblade mm. Wars and stuff. And it's, it's very, it's really kind of just not super interesting for me. Um, right. Damn, that's a shame. Yeah. But overall, I think that the, the actual Pokemon Go part of it, which is not the part I was initially here for, um, is actually quite good. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been, I've been enjoying, I've only been playing for a few days because I only got into the, like the beta only started, I think the, the 4th of 3rd or 2nd of December. Um, and I think it's only going to go for another week. Yep. Um, but it's pretty good. I'll play it when it comes out in the full release. Yeah, nice. Um, so yeah, another Kingdom Hearts on the I'm belt. I'm glad it's not a complete waste of time. Yeah, like I, I, I have barely engaged with the mobile one. So I did expect this to be like, oh, I'll dabble in it and then I'll just leave because I'm just not vibing with the way they're telling the story in those ones. Um, but also, it's got characters in it from the main games, and this is going to be the backstory for those characters. <laughs> like, in a in a way that is probably intrinsically linked again. <laughs> that makes me think of Sephiroth's backstory in Ever Crisis that we're supposedly getting. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm, I'm not even bothering with. Yeah. I just I, I burned out on it. Yeah, yeah. I I played that twice, and I and then I didn't continue because I was like, I don't, I'm not enjoying playing these games this way. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's and it's and it's so funny, Carrie, because I need to tell you that it's the character. It's it's a character from three who is introduced in three mm. that at one point in a crucial moment in the game saves Sora's life just before the final battle 
and we had never seen this character before. And he just kind of showed up at one point and saved Sora. And I was sitting there going, who is this? Yeah. (laughs) Who is this guy? (laughs) Yeah. Um, and there's a really trippy and moment now, in the game. And now... Five years later, I've, if you walk 16 kilometers this week, you're going to find out the answer. Yeah, yes. Yes. Um, there's also a hub world in the game, which I think is probably, like, it, like the way it looks is when the game ends up being online, it looks like there might be some, like, um, online social space area where you can go and sort of walk around in the same areas with... Um, like other players who are playing. I don't know if they'll do one-to-one movement in it, but like at the very least it's populated with other people who are playing the game currently. They're just not walking around. They're just sort of standing where like a character would be like at a cafe or like in line to get something or whatever. Mm. Um, but yeah, like it, they're doing, they're doing at least a lot of interesting things mechanically in a gameplay wise, in gameplay wise and also like structurally um, in this, which is good enough for a Kingdom Hearts mobile game. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so, also, the fucking logo is just the Kingdom Hearts heart, and it, below it uh, is the initials of closed beta test, and so it just has the Kingdom Hearts heart, and it just says CBT. CBT! Which just means cock and ball torture. <laughs> oh. I was thinking cognitive behavioral therapy. Right, yeah, no, the, yeah, the... Two different, the two, other one. Two, two different minds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, close enough. Close yeah. enough. Um, right. Well, I'm glad you got to try it. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, I've been playing it every day since it started, which is something. Yeah. Just for cool. a little bit, usually on the train. Yep, nice. It's good to be on the train, playing a game like that. It'd be funny if like it, you were embargoed for that game where they're encouraging you to walk around and maybe they... they they're, they send you your code in like an envelope with like one of those like privacy screen protectors <laughs> where, with the, where you could only view it like front on. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be clear. I got access to this just because I signed up, not because I was, I applied as, as minimap or anything. It was just, mm-hmm. I was, I was there. I was on Twitter, like the moment the, the signups went live. And so I was able to just do it immediately. And it also the, the beta test is only in Australia and I think one other country. So like, I also lucked out there as well. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, it is interesting that they like testing the mobile markets here. I think it's like it's the, the same perfect. with Marvel Snap, right? We had it for like a month. Yeah, yeah no, we had it for like four months. Like, oh, month, wow. yeah, right. like we had it for ages. And Pokemon Go was first year as well, um, right? And I think Pokemon Unite, maybe like and like the Pikmin one oh. as well. We we got a lot of mobile games early here because I think we're like the perfect size market for it. Yeah, um, yeah, like big enough, but still actually quite small compared to other places. And I think people in Australia also travel around quite a bit as well that I think that they enjoy getting that data, whereas like perhaps some areas in America, they might not do it as much. And mm. and Japan is a relatively smaller nation compared to Australia. That's true. And quite dense, right? Like it's just a different, uh, like at least in terms of like the city and surrounding areas, it's like a very dense well, like, um, and we must have like a lot of different environments as well because we've got cities and we've got country towns and we've got the middle mm. of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and Tootie in the chat saying, also our spending habits are, are comparable to the US, which I guess was also probably a, a good way of testing the monetization levels and what's too far and what's not far enough. Mm-hmm. 
Fascinating. Yeah, very fascinating. Jeremy, did you have anything else for us for, for this week, for games you've been playing? Nah, not really. No worries, fair enough. I uh, my My gaming has been a little weird this week. It's been... Um, mostly just Zelda, but I was Jeremy. You and I were talking last week after you sort of rendered your verdict on the game, Whew. and how I've you know I've done three out of the four temples, and I was doing this and I was doing that. Sorry, and I'm, you said, I'm, I'm, yeah, just mainline it, and like I was like, yeah, no, you're right. I should probably just get to the thing, and and you said it opens up a bit. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I should do that. So, so I was. So, uh, so you didn't do that. <laughs> So I was in the I was in the south. I was in Farron, right? I was and I was telling you I was afraid of the woods. And I was like, right, I'm going along the beach. I'm moving out towards Gerudo. That's fine. Oh, a cave. And so then I go through the cave and it brings me up near the stable. I'm like, oh, the stable. That's fun. What is what's happening here? Oh, the musicians around here. I was looking for the musician. Okay, I'm bumbling around anyway. So like that that plan went pretty far out the window. I've got I've got I've got like a a heading, you know, a, a vague trajectory like. Like Bumblebee is 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 dawdling around, generally up. trending in the right direction. Up, Kerry, up, <laughs> north. Just keep going north. No, I gotta go Gerudo. That's southwest. Oh, not Goron, Gerudo. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I was telling you before the show, and you were like, "This sounds like it could be like story for the show." And so I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I was telling Sam about so- how how what why i ended up not really making much progress this week i apologize if i keep making faces i put just a touch too much vodka in my drink and so every time i'm drinking i'm just like (laughs) (laughs) it's no longer lemonade it's uh it's something else yeah um so i was telling you about how i found the the whirlpool in the center of lake hylia Oh, not the center, but there's one in Lake Hyler and you dive into it and there's a shrine down there. But it's one of those ones where you've got to find the crystal and bring it back. I'm like, okay, no worries. Where's the crystal? And it, sh- and, it, and it draws a big green line to find it. And this line goes straight up through the ceiling. And I'm like, okay, no, it's going to be up somewhere. And I go back up through the whirlpool and it goes further up into the sky. I'm like, well, shit, how am I going to get that? And it's way up there. And I'm like, where's the nearest tower? I'm like, oh, it's this one I haven't gotten yet. So I had to traipse my way over to the tower that is towards Gerudo Valley. So like that, that was good. I did do that. And, you know, that was a bit of meandering and it was this and it was that. I did some Koroks on the way. I did these shrines and, and you know, I fell into a hole. And then I, I found out how to summon the Satori, which is the big blue uh, tribute to Satori Iwata horse and... And that showed me like nearby caves and like, I'm like, okay, wow, this is a lot going on here. Okay. Right. But no, I'm, I, I go up into the sky Island. I got, I got to the, the, the tower so I could shoot me up into the sky so I could get to the, the Island with the crystal. So I go up into the sky. I'm like, Ooh, a labyrinth. And so I go over to the labyrinth and I solve the labyrinth in the sky. And I solve the labyrinth downstairs in, on the, on the ground. And then when you solve both of those, you jump, down from the sky labyrinth through the the earth labyrinth into the depths labyrinth i do, I do quite enjoy that which was absolutely out, outstanding that yeah. was great did you uh, um so really quick did you do what i did which is you solved a labyrinth on land yep yep I and, did. and then you get the thing where it's like all right now solve it in the sky yeah and where you're standing which is where i was standing um the great 
that is in between you and the depths labyrinth yep. is too far away that it didn't load. Um, or at least was not what? immediately visible to you. Like the the the, oh, no. the like like it, it was like it's there. It's an object that's there, but I was too far away from it, so it deloaded. And so I dived headfirst into it. I, by the time I got close to it I, and saw that it was there, I didn't have enough time to stop diving. So I dived headfirst into the grate to take me to the depths and it just killed me. Oh, nice. Was, Hell yeah. It was fucking hilarious. Yep. Yep. No, that sounds very, very slapstick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> I would recommend it. <laughs> yeah, I did the I did the dive straight straight down in eventide. I just landed on the ground through after jumping yeah. through eventide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you were you were peeking just 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 uh, once once or twice. Just yeah, a little bit there. it's a it's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you've got your monitor, so you can hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I did that. I'm like, okay, well, that didn't get me any closer to Gerudo Town or the or the shrine I wanted to beat near the lakes. Okay, so I'm like, okay, back to the sky. How do I? Okay, I got to go over there, and I got to do the thing, and I, and and it ends up being I was like, okay, I could shoot myself off of this thing, and then I can glide, and then I get I have to fight one of those flux constructs because that's nearby, and the the place I make it to, it's barely enough height with using the the Rito boost like horizontal boost, and I nearly run out of stamina, and it was really far away, and I didn't use a machine because I thought I could maybe make it, and I was like, oh, this is a mistake. Anyway, but I make it to the flux flux construct arena. I'm like, okay. There's the place with the crystal. All right, cool. And I jump and I start flying and I look around a little bit. I'm like, what's that big island up there? Oh, that's the Great Sky Island. Oh, I could probably have just warped up there and jumped onto the island with the crystal from that about five hours ago. Yeah. 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 So... That was that was a fun realization. But Sam hadn't seen me uh, start the, the 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 crystal quest, and so I was like, "Hey Sam, watch this!" And I and I found the crystal, and there's a hole in the floor, and I drop it, and I jump in. And Sam's so like, "Oh, that's cool. How far down is it going to go?" I'm like, "Check this out!" And I dive, and I'm diving, and I, then I I go straight into the whirlpool, and Sam's like, "What?" <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, Trudy says, "But did I have fun?" And yes, I did have fun. Sometimes I get distracted and I meander for too long to the point where I get bored in this game. And that did not happen with this. I was having nonstop fun with all this. I was loving the gear I was getting. I was getting a lot of Zonite weaponry that I could put my, like, Captain 4 blades on. And it was just, it was a really, really good time. And with that that Skyview Tower there, I did actually inch a bit closer to the Gerudo Valley, to the Gerudo Desert. I'm, I'm, I'm poised now, now that I got that wrapped up. I didn't get to the musician, but I let them go by the wayside. I let that one go to through the Keeper. And now I'm ready to go into the desert and, and do that temple. Nice. It took me all week, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> and I left most of the forest, like, untouched. Um, we also did, we also finished the Master Sword quest. I don't want to really say much more than that. Uh, but that was really cool and yeah, fun. Great moment. Uh, yeah, really great moment. And now I've got the Master Sword, which is great. And I have no idea how it works because I haven't played much since, but it doesn't have any damage value numbers on it, which is weird. And yeah. I can't wait to see if it breaks. Um, I'm just going to give you yeah. peace of mind. Like it breaks and comes back. 
Oh, it gets yeah, it, yeah, like it, like it did last time. Yeah, yeah. or like recharges. Yes. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, because I was like, oh, because like the, the very first time I got the like, hey, it's like, it's damaged. I was like, yeah, oh, okay, I'm just gonna Google like what happens. Do I go to like repair it at some <laughs> yeah. point? Like, is, is it the same in this game? Like, oh, it's fine. It's the same. It's just yeah, it's fine. nice. Uh, so yeah, it feels good to have that. I, I I I was walking around with it, and I and I said out loud, I was like, oh god, I love when the master sword is fucking huge. It's so long. It's yeah. so big. It's so long that when he walks around, it clips into the ground. Like a little bit. It's only, it's only the right like length when he's standing still, and that's when it's like, it's like centimeters away from from the tip of the sword touching the ground. It's yeah, perfect. Yeah. So that was my little meandering story. Nice. Um, the other thing is I restarted playing Lies of P. Uh, and I'm bringing this up because months ago when I started it on Game Pass, I said, hey, I don't know if I want to keep playing it here. I think I actually want to get it on PlayStation. And you were like, what the hell? You're broken. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Um, I maintain that fact. Yeah, and you're right. You're right. I did get it on sale though, so I don't feel too bad about it. Nice. Also, like, it's fine. It's not an expensive game. Yeah. Uh, and playing it on PlayStation with my DualSense Edge, even after, like, it's because I was kind of fighting that feeling. I was like, oh, something doesn't feel right. I don't love this. Even just in the tutorial area that I already played in the demo on Xbox. And, like, getting, like, five minutes into that area on PlayStation, I'm, like, familiar with it. I'm moving through it. I'm, fi- I'm like, this feels great. I love this. I, I, it felt night and day. I, I appreciated so much more playing it with my DualSense Edge with the back buttons, having dodge on the thing and repair on the other thing. Like it just, back I don't button, know. It, back buttons are a game changer. Like I don't, I don't play Zelda um, handheld mode anymore because I've got a, a, a Switch controller that's got back buttons. Like I just mm-hmm. like, it's, it is a, it is a game changing feature which you don't really realize it until you get into a game where you've like appropriately mapped them to make your life infinitely easier and like it they 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 change certain games more than others i think zelda is a really good one for it to um be used for because it's got such a such a goofy control scheme like run is is never the button you want it to be. Yeah. Um, and so having it on the back is very comfortable. Well, run is the same button on a on a switch as it is on the on in a fucking Souls game. And so I think both of those function kind of similarly in that regard, where it's like like it just you don't have to claw your finger around. Yeah, to, to hold... also control the camera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. So yeah, it just felt it just felt great. Uh, and yeah, I was only an hour in, but it was funny. I just, I just wanted to mention that like my gut, my, my gut was right, I guess. <laughs> um, I, I feel, I feel vindicated that I, that I know myself, that I can trust my instincts. Uh, I don't know. Cause I wasn't sure. I thought I was just being a bit silly. Um, that does bring me to my last sort of mention. Um, I have to take my, my dual sense edge controller back in. Oh no. Why? Because the little silicon grips are starting to peel off. I don't know how to for three months or five no, months. No, I got it in April. Oh, okay. So it's like eight months. Right. 
Awesome. Uh, awesome. But yeah, yeah, there's just the the bit where like your 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 pinky and your ring finger rests sort of like on the underside of the controller. Oh. That's a that's a soft plastic, a soft textured plastic on the underside of the controller, and on the very edge of the handle, that has started to come away on the left hand side. The edge of the edge. And pardon? The edge of the edge. Yeah, the edge of the handle of the edge. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's just actually kind of hilarious that. It's happening on the DualSense Edge when, Jeremy, you and I saw so many Xbox Elite and Xbox Elite Series 2 controllers come through with peeling grips and broken bumpers and, like, for how few of those we sell and how many we saw come back, it was like, man, what are they doing wrong here? And I saw those textured grips on the Edge when I opened it up and I'm like, oh, this is nice. I sure hope they stay on the controller. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's peeling. Yeah, right. Yeah, I wonder if it's like a... I don't know. That's that's so weird that it's happening again. Yeah, maybe maybe they should just stop making them out of soft plastic. It's just like, you know, it's going to... It's going to bend, it's going to move, it's going to heat up and squish and whatever, and then it's going to slip out. Like, it slipped out in a way where I can't even, like, pretend to get it back in, like, a slot. Like, it just doesn't... Or, or um or sell a sell it like not sell include a replacement replacement grip yeah yeah, yeah. because like no. I don't th- I don't think anyone will look at that and go like oh that's annoying that they're giving me a spare um <laughs> and like realistic for the price either of them ever have been or were or are mm. like that's worth it i think to to have a just like a just an additional yeah and to have it be that it is uh consumer replaceable too if it is going to be that faulty and like that whatever like yeah yeah no that's 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 no good um so yeah i'll take it in and i'll get it replaced i sure hope it takes longer than eight months for the next one to go yeah Um, yeah because I've only got four more months left on the warranty, <laughs> so is is it worth is it worth waiting until the end of summer to do that? In case it's a heat thing, that way at the end of summer you'll get one that won't have been infected, affected by the summer. You'll get a brand spanking new one in in f- end of Feb. Just a thought, Maybe. food for thought. Maybe, but what if I get a new one now, let summer wreak havoc on it, and then it gets to the point where it faults early enough that it's still in the 12 months, and then I get a third one. Why the fuck would you want that? Oh, I wouldn't, but <laughs> Why do you then want... I would be getting a new one even later. You could just... And also not putting up with this broken one in the meantime. Yeah, I suppose. It's up to you. Yeah, I think, I'll, I think I'll just take it in. Yeah, that's weird. Because um... the charging cable's been a bit dodgy, Kind of ever since I got it, I should have taken it in ages ago. But I was like, "Ah, it's fine." Yeah. Um, I, I this this is this is not not really related, but I've 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 started to see now um, the beginnings of um, people immediately reselling their PlayStation portals that they bought overseas because it's not overseas. doing like like because it's out in America now. Um. Oh right, it's not here. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like we're not getting it until I think. January or February. I think it's December second, wasn't it? Didn't they? Didn't they come out with an announcement recent, like this week? I thought the announcement was that we're not getting it until next year. Um, 
Oh, that was the PS5 Slim because we haven't got that yet. Right. Okay. That's in like like a sometime in the next week. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, a bunch of people are now immediately reselling them, being like, "I thought this device was going to do not what it does, <laughs> and I don't actually want this." <laughs> like, oh, like week one, like people man. are being like, "This is not." Like this, this doesn't let me play. I thought it was like a PlayStation in their hands. No, 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 not even that. Someone was like, I thought it would allow me to play the PlayStation while someone else was playing the PlayStation. Um, oh. Yeah. Like I thought this was the second, second device to play it. Or someone else was like, my, my like local internet isn't nearly good enough to run this. Well, yeah. And it's like this, so I can't use it. And I'm like, jeez. That's so funny because I've actually run remote play from my PS5 to my computer just on the local network when our internet was down one day. Yeah. And that ran really well. I would yeah. think that enough people could connect there just on a local system in their house and be okay. I think I think if, if you're in like dorm room Wi-Fi, it's probably not very good. Like if you're in like a college yeah. or something, like it's probably just a lot of interference and a lot of noise. Also, like our house isn't very big. I don't really have any range issues um, yeah, like in our house when it comes to wireless. High density apartments might have a little bit more trouble just depending on the noise. Um, but like, yeah, people are going like, I kind of thought this was going to do more than what it actually does. Um, and I don't. Yeah. yeah. And so people are just like selling it at cost being like, I'm just trying to get back what I paid. Like, <laughs> like I, don't, I don't actually yeah. want this. Oh, that's so funny. I thought it would let me pay. I thought it would let me play the PlayStation while someone else played the PlayStation. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, realistically, <laughs> the device doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It makes more sense than that does, though. Yeah, not for the price. No, but allowing you to play the PlayStation while someone else played the PlayStation, that's just actually... It's oh, not yeah, like, like it like doubles it, the PlayStation's like yeah. It's a misunderstanding capacity. It's definitely a misunderstanding of the device, but it, it doesn't even allow you to play like to play PlayStation Now games. No, you also can't stream from the media tab on the PlayStation onto the portal because they don't let you remote play on the media tab because then you can get around uh, HDCP. But you would think with their bespoke handheld device, which has their their closed operating system that lets them access their other closed operating system that they could maybe let that one go through to the keeper. I, I kind of get that. Um, only because it's been like that for a while. Um, you can't, you can't remote play any PlayStation console and do any of the media stuff. Um, no, that's yeah. But like, it's not like I can connect my PlayStation portal to an Elgato capture card, you know, no, no, but, like, but, but even, even that's what they're worried about. Even when I was remote playing into the PS4 with my Vita, like I couldn't yeah. watch Blu-rays. Um, it's not the, like it, like it's it, like they like just lock off the entire media stuff. Yeah. It's, it's probably, there's probably some reason why. Um, if only the handheld itself had some online <laughs> communication capability that meant that it could stream YouTube or Netflix. Right. Right. <laughs> wild. I don't get it. Possibility. <laughs> it's been so funny. See, we're completely off topic. We're here so now, off topic. That's fine. Yeah. I, it's so wild seeing the people who have gotten it be like, you know what? I do see it. I can see the use case where they're like, I don't mind this for what it is. Yes, the bits that are missing are weird and like a problem, but when it works, it works enough that like I kind of don't hate it. 
Yeah. It's it, there's been a weird sort of like huh like vibe throughout the whole industry. Um I think the biggest problem it has is that you can't connect to a closed system Wi-Fi network because that requires web page access and yeah. they don't give you that on the portal. So you just can't access like a hotel Wi-Fi or a public Wi-Fi where you need to like agree to their terms of service first. Yeah. Um cuz it's like that's that's like the next place you would want to use it. Does is there a, is there a I'm like probably not is the answer, but is there a way that the the PlayStation can um turn itself into an like an access point? Well, like a hotspot. Yeah, like but just for the just for the portal. I don't think so. Like you know how the switch has got that function? Where it turns itself into an access point when you want to get images off of it. Oh, right. Um Yeah, I don't think it does. No, I think the best you can do in that regard if you want to like do like proper like local streaming is connected to your just being connected on your local network um and then the streaming is handled through your router rather than being to servers and back again yeah what an utterly bizarre machine that is (laughs) yeah yeah i saw i saw someone talking about there's a slam dunk version of it just yeah give me the stream slam dunk more expensive version of it how much more expensive could the PlayStation Now capability realistically be? If you could, if I can, oh, PlayStation do, Now, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That can't be that much more. Like it's a little bit more processing, definitely. But yeah. if 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 a Nintendo Switch can do it as a secondary capability, it's it's just a it's just an interactive web stream. It's it's just interactive web stream. It's just interactive web stream. <laughs> it is. Yeah. No, you're right. You're already paying for the service. You know what it is? You know why they didn't do that? Because they hardly had to touch their remote play infrastructure to get this handheld online. This is a cheap accessory that involved next to no software integration for them to get off the ground because remote play already exists. They just spun it into its own shell it's, and put it into put it on a screen with a dual sense strapped to either side of it. It almost doesn't feel like a PlayStation product. It almost just feels like a like a third party product. Yeah, like a like a razor yeah. fight stick. You're like you know like how, a, you know how you can buy those monitors that attach to the back of a console, right? And they're like great for very rich people who go on like planes. Yeah, or that that um that that monitor that goes with the Series S. Yeah, yeah, totally. It kind of feels like that, where it's like, this was not actually designed by PlayStation. <laughs> this is designed by someone who just wants to sell an accessory. This was designed around PlayStation. Yeah, this, this is like a Sony device and not a PlayStation device. This is yeah. like a, like it, it could have branded Ericsson and I would have been like, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> the Ericsson portal. <laughs> yeah. I heard someone talk about the justification for the product, like there was an investor call or an, an interview or something. Yeah. And I remember hearing that it, its purpose was to keep PlayStation players inside the PlayStation ecosystem for longer. That was their main goal. It wasn't to bring in new people. It wasn't to get people to... Um, yeah. It almost wasn't even about getting them to buy more games. It was about them... It was about getting more people spending more time... Or, 
the same people spending more time in their ecosystem. Yeah. Which is an interesting play, you know, it, like it's, it's taking that audience member away from the rest of the market by doing that. It, it's, it's, a, it's a very oblique way at like getting your goals met, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I think it's it's what everyone is doing at the moment. Is that like the time is almost worth like hours is almost worth more than dollars mm-hmm. because when you're comparing them one to one, like you can sell someone a lot of things in an hour. Yeah. Speaking of, do you see Fortnite adding Peter Griffin? <laughs> I did see that, but it didn't really. I was like, ah, whatever. That's... He's ripped. Yeah, they made him ripped so that he fit, fit their the character rig. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we're going to toss it to a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Game Awards and other things relating to it. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. Boy, the places we have been in the last <laughs> thirty minutes during the break was um you were internet unexpected. Ex- you were internet exploring. Yeah, basically. Um we spent some time talking about Nermal the cat from Garfield. Yeah. Uh and then we found the 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 Garfield fandom wiki. And then I found uh an, an argument made between two a, a moderator and some one other person on one on just about this normal page yeah. that went on and on <laughs> and on. I didn't even read out all of it, and yeah. it all was posted in the one day, and it all happened in 2023. It's not like people stuck on a forum in 2002 and nothing else better to do. It was like it was like July. Yeah, yeah, like. Fucking go buy a Switch and go sit in the park. <laughs> like, I mean, G- Garfield is one of the most popular comics of all time. And was like, isn't there some weird thing about like Garfield being kind of designed to be the most um, inoffensive, likable character? Because Maybe. it's like, like, like Garfield's interests are like, like standard across like the world. Which is like, yep. you know, like, likes, <laughs> likes Italian food, likes lasagna, hates Mondays, yep. is lazy, yep. is a cat. Like, like there, is, there is no way to, there is no way that anyone, like, can't relate to it. Or for the most part, majority of people would relate to Garfield. And also, like, the simplicity of, like, oh, cat has uh, human-like attributes, like... yeah a sense of humor and of like a, a weight problem. Like that's like, huh, yeah. I'm just like that cat. Like, like there's a simple degree of like, whatever, yeah. but I was flipping through those and I laughed. I was like, God feels great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it turns uh, out anyway. there's a reason a lot of those old comics, you know, like Garfield and peanuts and Calvin and Hobbes. Like mm. the reason this, that's so still popular is because they're good. They are enough. actually good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've probably got some clangers in there every now and then, um, but yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, how about we talk about the game awards instead? <laughs> the video game awards. That's not it. The game awards. Yeah, the the TVGAs. Yeah, I um I saw a clip recently of um 
it was a clip from the Spike TV Game Awards from Yonks and Yonks oh, ago. Like 2013 or something. And it was bad. It was really bad. Like, back then, it was... It was like that era of like booth babes and and yep. and and cross jokes and yeah, it was and also like studio money, you know, studio production. What do you mean studio money? Like Spike TV, like it was it was like produced to be a certain thing. It was produced to be well, yeah. It was it was also produced whatever with, the executives thought would be good. It, you it, know? it was produced with the voice of Spike TV. Yeah, like it was yeah. it was a, it was a specific thing way back then um, that they were like, you know, it's kind of like not not unlike what G like G four was, but 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 this was worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, what you got for us, Jeremy? This is this is a bit of a topic. Yeah, headed by your by your brain worms. So, so there's, there's there's a couple of things. There's there's where where the game awards is imminent. There, there there is two things in the games industry. There are three things in the games industry that are imminent right now. There yes. is there is um, the game awards this Friday for us. Mm-hmm. There is the Grand Theft Auto Six reveal mm-hmm. official. Which is what Wednesday for us or like Tuesday late. Yeah, official reveal. We'll say um, based on yeah, because we've we've both seen a lot of it more than we were. We've seen to. pre 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 alpha footage, and also saw a, a beta from from uh, like an in engine beta from the 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 best what, friend the, of the, the art director's son, wasn't it? No, the, the art director the art director's son's friend, I believe, perhaps, yeah. but I'm not a hundred percent sure how like where that line is. But um, yeah, so so we've seen a little bit of that. Um, but we'll get the actual reveal of the name and, and characters and locations, all that stuff. And the third thing is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. <laughs> no, less that, than three months or oh, no, sorry. That's not quite imminent. Um, <laughs> less than three months, Jeremy. Uh, imminent, I, like, this is, like, I don't have any inside information, but I assume just more layoffs, basically, is where I'm sort of leaning towards. Like, they're, oh. like you know, it's, like, in between us recording that layoffs episode and us publishing mm. the layoffs episode, there were two studios that had more layoffs. So, like, yeah. it is, we'll get more of it, um, oh yeah, and like since then, you know, we've heard about like the the the, the Time Splitters studio that's yep. that was reopened and is about to be closed before Christmas without yep. having even the chance to release a game yet. Yeah, yeah. There's there's been there's been plenty. Um, so yeah, so those are the three constants in the games industry at the moment. Um, and I can only imagine this is like more of a quick aside thing, but I can only imagine the kind of the level of perhaps upset one Jeff Keighley might be that take two are not waiting to give him the Grand Theft Auto 6 reveal and they are doing it days prior to his big announce everything event. Oh, look, yes and no. I honestly think there's pros and cons either way, you know, because that would absolutely dominate the show. He would appreciate having that sort of like people think they can get the next Rockstar announcement at the next TGAs. He would love that. But also, um, I can't imagine there's anything close to the level of final of of final fantasy of grand theft auto 6 no alongside whatever like like at 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 the tga so like it would absolutely dwarf literally the entire show if it turned up there i I actually don't think it's appropriate to for it to be there that's why i think he would probably want it but like that's maybe a thing that i I, yeah i i'm sure he could probably see the plus sides as well yeah it's it's such a goliath like what the fuck do you do with that (laughs) 
put you put it. It's there. like unwieldable. You, you put it at the end is what you do with it. Um, yeah, <laughs> like literally after anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so there's two things about the game awards that I want to bring up. Um, leading into it because there will no doubt be a tremendous amount of discourse about the game awards after it after it airs. Um, you know, not just reaction to nominees and 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 winners, um, but also some and reveals and reveals. But like, we'll talk about the show itself. We'll talk about industry a bit, but also usually something happens, right? Like, if there's one yeah. thing the game awards is known for is that like something unexpected happens and it kind of spirals off a little bit yeah Um, there's a number of takeaways like christopher judge's really 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 long speech or that really young kid getting on stage with the FromSoft guys and and coming in with a really weird spiel at the the end of the show or yeah so or joseph harris (laughs) or joseph harris um so i wanted to start off with um Look, the, the like starting off with the thing that we spoke about in the past, which is like layoffs from this year. I, I am I am in the process of of gathering my thoughts for game of the year, um, as I think a lot of people in in similar positions to us are thinking about at the very least, if not immediately writing, but just being like, okay, like what do I need to play? What do I want to think about? And it is it is a really awkward thing to go through that because I don't know if in good conscience I am able to give and like it, like it give a game an award um if the studio has not treated its staff well or not done a tremendous amount of layoffs yeah after and like and it's one thing to release a game and then have layoffs because the game hasn't performed well but it is another for the game to not hit the same level of profit, but still profit as it did the last reporting period, which then allows a company to decide they want to do layoffs, even though that's just a greedy thing because the, you know, multi-million dollar like executive suite is still making a lot of money, right? So like I'm not yep. talking about studios that released the game and it didn't do well and then they're struggling. I'm talking about Bungie and like like Ubisoft and you know all of the the larger companies that have had tremendous amount of layoffs, Blizzard, Activision, all that stuff. Um, I think that like this should be a thing. You know, we spoke about this the other week where we were talking about how like this should not be a year that is celebrated. Um, and this yeah. this should be a year that should be um talked about as like like this is what happens when people are like treated like cattle and i think that the game awards is not going to be a place where they are going to talk about that with any strength or 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 spine i think is maybe what i mean like any any sense of actual like care you know what i mean yeah no i do i do and it's that we've spoken a bit about the game awards um Post uh, opening night live and summer game fest, you know, some somewhere in the in between period these last couple of months. And I remember us saying at the time how I think it was the last time we were talking about 2023 and the year and all of that and what will happen to the TGAs and how uh, Jeff's job is to be as appealing to as many independent third parties as possible. 
Um, that's how he puts on the show that he wants to put on. He wants to be in everyone's good books, which means he can't piss anyone off. Yeah. Uh, which is why when literally everyone in the industry and even a bunch of people outside of the industry were dunking on Activision, that was the only time we saw anything from him in that regard when when he said, hey, look, it, you have to treat your employees right and it's not okay. And, but even then, did he even name Activision or was it just a general like industry thing? I don't remember because it was so many, it was like a trillion news cycles ago. Um, it, it was. And then it, it follows up with all preceding shows having segments on the next Call of Duty and, you know, the, anything else coming out from Activision at the time. Yeah. Um, and getting, getting Blizzard, a lot Blizzard of floor well. space, getting a lot of airtime. It it's happened every single conference since. It happens and it will it will happen again now. We'll get a new season or a new map in Warzone or something. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, and so while I, I, I'm sympathetic to the... The, the, the problem of organizing an event like this, it it is a shitty problem. And it, it leads to these milk toast responses or just uh, deafening silences as well. Um, yeah. And, and it like, so like I was, I was thinking about this a lot yesterday because I was trying to work out what I wanted to bring up today. And like, I wanted to bring up this and I want to bring up the, the, um, the, the letter from the Game Awards future class, which we'll talk to in a little bit. But like the, <laughs> the first thing that I wrote down when I was trying to collect my notes for this, for this topic yesterday was basically like the, the Game Awards is so deeply unserious. Like it is a deeply, it's, it's like a fake and like, you know, oh, do like are any awards legitimate? Like who knows? Who cares? You know, like oh, the Oscars in, in cinema is fake, you know, like the, yeah. the Emmys are fake, all of that stuff. Like, like it doesn't matter. Like, but they, but they also do in a way because the, the game awards specifically likes to, to show off um, and rightfully show off its, its jury and its jury is full of, uh, games media, game developers, like sort of industry tentpole type folk, people who are big into games business, you know, people like Phil Spencer and the CEO of Yves Gilmo is there and Kojima is there, and, you know, like people who are like the 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 quote unquote titans of the industry, right? Like they're all the names you know. The, the, yeah, the people who don't need as much of an introduction when 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 in this industry, um, they are part of the jury. And so there is a level of legitimacy that that brings to something called the Game Awards. And mm. when the Game Awards is this thing that will happily accept money and announce, like, like money for sponsors, not, not money for awards, I want to make that very clear, like money for sponsors, for segments from companies that are, you know, either showing off a new season of their new game or the, their, their new game is coming out soon or, you know, they've like a, like a movie or something, right? Um, but also, you know, the announcements, like one of the main reasons people watch the show and one of the, one of the main reasons this show gets to an audience that is not just the games industry is the amount of announcements that comes out of it, um, and trailers for games and reveals, um, that's where those companies that are usually doing these bad things gain from the show. That's where the games, the game awards, like um, profits off of those things, and so there's this level of um, hierarchy in that where 
you're giving awards to products and mm-hmm. uh, people are going up and accepting those awards, but really everybody is there just to market their own thing without actually talking to the fact that the industry is like crumbling below half of the half of the developers' feet, right? Yeah. So it it feels so deeply unserious because of that. There that there, there is like the sense of legitimacy is pushed to behind this thing that is not what it is uh, named or designed to be around. It feels like a like a fake. Like if, if <laughs> calling it like a, it's all lip service, it, it, but it, it it's 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 like not tangible. Nothing here feels tangible. You know, and the award itself is, it's a, it's a, like the physical trophy has even gone so far as to have a scene in like the new Matrix movie, right? It's there. So it feels like a thing that, that crosses over into the wider audience. It gets reported on by the mainstream news, right? This is a thing that is not solely for the industry. And like but that's part of its mission right is to you know it's 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 part of that thing of like legitimizing games and legitimizing the industry it's part of that need that a lot of i would say older press has and has had for a long time um, and and specifically what keely has like like th- th- there's an article by like a mainstream outlet i forget which one it is but like the headline is like like one man like what like one man's obsession um to host to host a video game awards and this isn't just a show that is directed by Jeff Keighley, like he puts himself in the center of it. He makes his name like the front of the Game Awards all of the time. He's the host of the show. He's the director of the show. He's the creator of the company. He's been doing it for a really long time before he did it himself. Um, his Twitter account is is directly like intrinsically linked to the Games Awards, to the Game Awards, while also he uh, puts himself in the position of a um, uh, reliable news presenter on social media as well. He will yeah. announce news in the language of an outlet that is reporting on news. He's putting himself in the position of a reporter, but will usually, not every time, usually only report on the news that he wants to report. The whole thing stinks. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't, like that equation doesn't solve. It's, hmm. it's, it's not a thing that, that really is, a, is it, just, it just doesn't work. And it, it, is, it is a deeply unserious show because of it. And we deserve a better caliber of, of a show. Yeah, well, it's it's funny. I remember we had a, a big sort of discussion after last year's event, um, and we concluded that maybe it's time we give more attention to the Dice Awards, right? I didn't watch it this year. Did you? I I was going to, and then I couldn't. Yeah. Although, like, although, like that being said, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to watch this one live anyway because I'm going to be at work. Um, so, but like, like I think it's 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 different to cover that as well, anyway. Yeah, no, totally. I, like, like I, I would love to cover both of them, but I'm not even, I'm not even able to cover either of them this year just because I'm at work. Yeah. Um. And no, that makes sense. And like, and that's not to say like, oh well, we didn't watch Dice, so I guess this is 
like that's not an excuse for yeah. this to be what it is. Yeah, um, totally. And it's one of the it, things that it, the like the Game Awards has that audience and doesn't do the thing that it should do is 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 the point of what you're saying. Looking at something like the Dice Awards is is a is a it's not even an alternative. It's 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 an additional because it's not like the film industry only has one awards night. Like they have that's they right. have yep. hundreds of awards nights. Um but when you're at the top, you need to take responsibility of that platform that you've got. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um and it and I'm trying to think who's who would Jeff avoid like who would Jeff piss off by having a formal call out against companies laying off their developers. They would probably piss off Sony because of Bungie's layoffs. Um Epic. See, I I'm not sure if I agree about the pissing off part. I think that the 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 the, the thing I just I, why why is he avoiding it though? Like cuz if it if because if it if it didn't have any negative to his um to his amount of face that he has with his company with these companies that he relies on for his reveals and it had this sense of being a positive sort of culture moment for the industry and for the viewers and for the pundits like it would go over well with so many of the people that you and I know of the people that you and I follow like but he doesn't do it because there's there's a detriment to him doing this that he perceives. Be, what is that for him? What do you think it is? It's it's the the it, he doesn't want to look like a hypocrite because he's still going to accept the reveals. He's still going to accept the sponsored moments. If he calls out these companies and is the next thing introducing the Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three, yeah, then then the house of cards starts to fall apart a little bit. Then suddenly right. you see the facade that is going on. When you don't bring up the fact that there is a man behind the curtain, you can continuously just act as if there isn't. Yeah. Like, and, like that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. That's a, I think, I think that's a really good point because like, I, cause I thought about this as well. Like, like what would he lose to do that? And it like, he would lose his own legitimacy is the thing that, that he is, he is built up for, for his future shows and for what he wants to show. Yeah. And like, even just for his, just for his current show, right? Like for him to call something out while also accepting the money from it, it's, it is the, the immediate, like it, it you would get whiplash by yeah. it from that. And like we did get whiplash from that. I remember when when there was a studio that was calling out um, like like rampant misogynism in 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 games, mm-hmm. and then I like it was like two games later, the new Quantic Dream Star Wars game was announced. Yes, like it's yes. happened before, and it was well, uh, it was the same. It was the same show where Jeff started by saying, "Oh, we have to do better in this industry, and we can't let." You know, like our our the, the people who make these games have to be treated with respect, and it's not it's not on. Yeah, here's Star Wars Eclipse from Quantic Dream. Yeah. Like it was like two presentations later. I remember that. And I reckon, like, like I, I need to, I need to stop avoiding saying him, but it's hard when he centers himself around a lot of the show. When 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 I refer to him, I often mean the Game Awards. Mm-hmm. That being said, like the, the there's a willingness to blur that line between him and the Game Awards. Um. I think that was felt that that there was a level of like we called this out and also were happily taking the the like uh, profiting off of this. Yeah. Um that I think that they are 
perhaps less inclined to repeat um, because you, you know what the right thing to do there is. Mm. And the right thing to do there is to say, like, we're not going to show off your game. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, and that is uh, antithetical to the Game Awards of uh, advertising show. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking to that that sense of, you know, legitimizing the industry, there's also like a, a sort of Ouroboros effect happening here where it's not just about legitimizing the industry, but it's about the industry legitimizing the event as well. Yeah. To then help legitimize the industry, to help legitimize the event. Like, and as you said, because there's this blurred line between, you know, the Game Awards and Keeley, because Keeley has been the, the, the driving force and the face and the center of this, uh, of this show and the, and his shows like this, um, it feels it feels in some way, partially or entirely, it's hard it's not for me to say, that it is also about legitimizing him. Yeah, yeah. Like like, th- there's a reason he's wanted to do this for a long time. And incredibly enough, one of the biggest outcomes of the Game Awards is the exact same outcome of the Oscars and the Emmys and the Hollywood Foreign Press was. There's a that like one of the biggest reasons they get a lot of very famous and and like talented Hollywood stars at those film and TV show awards Mm. is because the people who are running the company that runs the awards wants to meet them. That is a that is a known fact about the Hollywood foreign press is that they will invite people to come and do the to do the awards presenting because they want to meet them and. Oh, not even as like a networking thing, as like a, oh my god, can I get a photo with you kind of thing. Like, look, probably both. Um, yeah. But like, it's 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 been a reoccurring thing. Is that like they'll get like you know like and they will, um, like and like this is some of this is kind of alleged. So I'm gonna throw yeah, a gigantic like reading between the lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have been um, let's say accused of. Uh, nominating things that didn't deserve a a nomination because they wanted an excuse to invite the people to the awards. (laughs) Yeah. That's all I'll say on that. (laughs) Without, without, I'm not doing the accusing. Some people have done the accusing. Um, It's a little bit different here because like, like more often than not, people are coming to the game awards to present an award aren't even related to games. Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. It's, it's the rock. It's Al Pacino. Pacino it's, is the one that I was thinking of when he's like, like, I don't, this might surprise you, but I don't know about video games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, to, he was a delightful presenter oh, up there. Totally. One of the better of ones. Of course. Yeah. Who's, who was the guy who was in um, rock a city? Uh, oh, Michael Madsen. Yeah, Michael Madsen. That was a that was that was older one of the <laughs> least appealing appearances on that on that stage. And there's been so many clangers. Yeah. So many ham fisted, clumsy, just the matching the, the action figures together attempts at nothing that have not gone over well. The hierarchy of the DC universe is about to change. <laughs> oh my god. Drink your Zord energy drink. Um I'm here in the Iron Palace. Yeah, that's it. Um, 
and like look like there there are times where it has worked out that way right like like in a in a positive way you know like i will like i loved seeing giancarlo esposito talk about his role in that new far cry game right but ubisoft is not a place that is without controversy and that controversy is deep inside of well documented well documented well reported yeah um like people have gone to people who are involved have gone to jail in uh, over the things that they were accused of having done at the company during that time right that's happened or they've been charged i don't i don't know um uh, eve guillemot is part of the jury of the game awards part of the um the the board i think it was something like that I looked it up just before. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Um, that's not good. <laughs> that's that's not that's not right. That's not right. Um the the other thing that I wanted to talk about um is 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 a letter that has been written, an open letter. Um this has uh, been Yes, he's on the board, along with people from Activision, AMD, Epic, EA, Kojima, Microsoft, Nintendo, Riot, Rockstar, Sony, yeah, Tencent. Like it's 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 the heads of all of the largest companies are, are are invited onto this board. Like that's that and that's not even necessarily like a bad thing that that the larger companies are involved in this. But mm. when we've got this thing that the entire awards feels illegitimate and they've put all of these people like high profile people you know spencer eve doug bowser like they're big people they are big names in the industry very important people in the industry they are lending their legitimacy to this award which Mm -hmm. realistically hasn't earned it but they get to do reveals at their show yep um there's an open letter that, that has been written titled open letter to the game awards um, I was going to introduce it, but the, the letter actually introduces itself. Um, I'm, I'm going to read out this letter. Um, to actually, to, to give context, this is written by the, um, uh, uh, this has been written and signed um, by uh, a lot of the members from the Game Awards Future Class, um, which for is, this year or from all years. From it, so it's not just the people who have signed it are not just the ones from this year. Um, there's a lot of people in here who are not part of that as well, but part of um, just studios, developers. Um, uh, there's there's a there are over two thousand signatures on this. There are two thousand six hundred signatures on this letter. Um, yeah. a, a lot of them are uh, Game Awards future class people, but there's also just like a lot of just developers, programmers, students. This is this is an open industry letter that was originally written by by members from the games. The Game Awards Future Class, which I, for mm. some reason, cannot keep that name in my brain. Uh, the letter reads, Dear Emily, Dear Emily Bullock, I believe is that is how you pronounce their last name, Jeff Keeley and the whole Game Awards team. We are writing, uh, we are writing you this letter as, a member, as members of the Game Awards Future Class, supported by our peers in industry. In the past years, you've selected us to represent the future of the games industry. You didn't choose us as symbols of what the gaming industry currently is, but of what it could be, a diverse, inclusive, and caring workspace, a positive force in the world that can influence billions of people. We want to sincerely thank you for the trust you've extended when nominating us. Today we'd like you would today would like to honor that trust. You gave us the role of ambassadors for a better future as such our duty towards you and all the players worldwide compels us to speak up. The genocide that is being acted on the Palestinian people is abhorrent. 
It isn't a new situation, but the developments that are currently unfolding have reached a new high in their horror. On November 6,023, the United Nations Sec- Secretary General Antonio Guterres reported, quote, Gaza is becoming a graveyard for children. Hundreds of girls and boys are reportedly being killed or injured every day. More journalists have reportedly been killed over a four-week period than in any other conflict in at least three decades. More United Nations aid workers have been killed than any co- comparable period in the history of our organization. Uh, we invite you to please read the full statement of the United Nations website. Like many of our peers, we are like well, like many of our peers, we are appalled by the war crimes the Palestinian people are victims of, and we grieve the loss of so many civilian lives. Adding to that pain is the knowledge of, that our industry is playing a role in this. Indeed, the Genocide Watch outlines that a crucial step to enable a genocide is the widespread dehumanization of its victims. Several game developers and journalists, including Alex A.K. Fouad Dacroix. Uh, Meghana Jayanth, Osama Dorias, Rami Ismail, Sanaya Ahmed, uh, Nadia Shamas, and many others have called out how a hugely influential games industry, uh, how, a, how a hugely influential games industry syst- systematically produces works that dehumanize and vilify Muslims, Arabs, and the many brown and black people living in the regions of Southwest Asia and Northern Africa, SWANA. Yet when Megan Jayanth wanted to address this in her speech at the Golden Joystick Awards this year, she was urged to keep quiet and links a um, links the the tweets, which I think we mentioned a little while ago. Um, Golden Joystick. That sounds. I do think we spoke about that. That, that was, I think, a, a couple weeks ago now. With the current state of the games industry, silence is a message. Silence is tactic support. Silence is dehumanization of Palestinian lives. As members of the Game Awards future class and members of the industry, we are urging the Game Awards to break that silence. We are asking for a statement to be read out in the name, in our name during the Game Awards ceremony on December 7th, which calls for, one, the games industry to invest resources and work against its systematic dehumanization of people from Southwest Asia and North Africa, two, to express support for the protection of Palestinian human rights, and three, call for a long-term ceasefire before any more civilian lives are unjustly taken. When you trusted us to be champions of a better future, you gave us the duty to tell you when and how you could do better. Now that we did, we dearly hope that you can commit to that better future. Thank you so much for reading us sincerely. And then the 2,600 signatures. Now, that that letter... Um has been up for a while um at the very least since the 25th of november which Goodness. is well so, over, well over a week yeah about a week and a half ago yeah um the game awards keely tgas uh have not commented or recognized this yet at all um there has been no um, recognition of this letter. Um, and coming off of the jo- golden, golden Joystick Awards, where um, they were urged to not make, not urged to make political statements, knowing who the people who were going to be there making political statements were, um, that was not a that was not a, a a blind decision that they made, saying no political statements, please. That was a please don't bring up the Palestinian genocide. Um, uh, this is really bad that, that nothing has come out of this yet. Um, this is like a, uh, uh, like the, the, this saying gets used a lot, but a extremely deafening silence, 
um, from Keeley and the TGAs. With, with this is the biggest event in the games industry for sometimes the entire quarter, uh, let alone like the month. You know, where after all the big releases of the year, uh, we're, we're remembering all the big releases of the year. So it's that look back on the year and it's looking forward with all the new releases. It's bringing the developers up. It's bringing um, performers on stage. Like it's a whole thing. It's a big deal in the industry. And you're right to see a worldwide humanitarian issue like this go completely... Um, unaddressed yeah it's uh, for me personally i find it uh infuriating i and 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 it's as it's it's one part of of a silence like this silence is part of a global silence that is happening across the world right now and as or, or if there's no silence there's there's furtive arguments there's 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 people burning down businesses of, of, of others who, who didn't say anything except that they just want to cease fire and for their family to be safe. You know, it, there's, there's so many atrocious, devastating, abhorrent things happening in the world right now in relation to this conflict because of this twisted worldview. I, I, I think personally that I, I find it quite, quite upsetting. And, and it's hard to see that despite the I, I know there are thousands of people in this industry who want to speak up this issue has become so polarizing that it's 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 become like radioactive you know you can't you can't say i want people to stop killing other people without being vilified on social media, if, if not receiving death threats, if, if not losing work or... Or, or... or a chance to present to the Golden Joystick Awards, right? Like, and it's, like, there's... There's a... There's... Like, it's, it's, it's the biggest reason... And, you know, there's a lot of reasons I, I don't go on threads anymore. Threads is, like, a Zionism hellhole. Like, it is... It is so bad there um and like like this 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 letter was written and signed by people the tgas were like were championing and and nominating and celebrating and putting their like putting a level of um faith and power into right like like it is it is a thing to help build up the industry for it to be a better place overall and the very first thing that they do is use that power for a thing that they have a intense amount of passion and care for and the response when they like the response they get which is silence is almost like a not like that um yeah totally because it will go against, like, be, be, because... Like, advertisers and... Totally, right? Like, you know, like, um... They're going to have commercials for The Last of Us Part 2 remastered at the Game You're right. Awards. Yeah, good chance. Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, this... And this is the level... This is why. This is why they've been silent. Because of the hypocrisy that we mentioned before. Because... 
they they can't like beyond being called out they cannot stand calling out themselves they're not like you know nut job politicians that don't care about hypocrisy because their brain is so far removed from the world where they can say you know left arm kills right arm from the left arm no matter what and they're happy to just have people call them out because they know that nothing's going to change they're not at that point but they will get to that point because they will happily just continuously take the the reveals the advertising money the 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 announcements from the studios and if they ever bring up the fact that some of these things shouldn't be going on then they will look hypocritical and maybe they don't get the next ones Mm-hmm. Like, like they are, they are, they are worried about both of those things. But I think that at the moment, like they, they are in a uniquely st- strong position where the industry is looking to the game awards, saying, "We like, what can we show there?" Which is different. That is that is a different level of hierarchy. When they can say to the large studios, you know, like, what can for like, and I'm using this as an example. Like, what can PlayStation bring to the Game Awards? What can Xbox bring to the Game Awards? Right? You know, them saying like, we would love to show something there is a thing that I'm sure they've had that conversation with. It's not just like Jeff saying, "What can you give me?" It's what can we show together? They 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 can't they can't have their cake. They can't make their cake and eat. What's the saying? <laughs> I've you never. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah. It's um yeah it's 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 devastating. I'm 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 reminded of uh the t- the the previous time the conflict in in Gaza uh flared up which I want to say was in 2021 when uh I remember IGN came out with a, a fundraising initiative to support uh Palestinian victims of of the violence that was happening. And the and then the what was it? It was the like the higher ups of the of the company like brought it brought it down without consulting the editorial team, and it ended up in this yeah. whole whole thing, you know. And this is the extension of that. And it's important for us to remember that uh, that for I I wish I understood this particular facet of this better, but there is such a polarization and. Um, such a, a strong pro-Israel uh, like segment of the entire American population uh, over there that any discussion on this is it's it's like I said it, it, it's completely radioactive. Um, regardless of you know there there are people who are you know more on that Zionist kind of side where they 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 strongly believe in is Israel's actions uh, against. Hamas, or more realistically, the, the Palestinian people. Yeah. Um, but there are also so many people who just feel that they cannot speak up, whether they want to or not, because whether they did, it would be uh, it would be career suicide. It would be ab- actively damaging to to their their way of life, their their career prospects, their goals. Um, oh, and it's it's happened as, as if it's controversial to say that killing people is bad. You know that maybe there's another way to do this. That maybe 
<laughs> maybe it doesn't need to be this way where children and journalists and families and refugees are dying by the hundreds each day. And like, I, like, and it's like, I remember like I, I went through my, for example, I went through my Instagram, um, people I follow on Instagram. I went through that list um, at the beginning of the year and I called almost every like celebrity or film star or movie star or whatever. Cause I was like, like I was sort of doing a cleanse of like, I don't need to see these people. Like, like I don't need to do like, like that sort of culture thing in my in my feed anymore it's not it's not useful to me and it's feeds into you know worship uh, like a stuff like parasocial yeah yeah kind of like that right and then and then when when israel started to bomb hospitals yeah like I remember seeing on like uh, tangentially through social media because I was still getting recommended these posts. People were still talking about on social media as as they often do. The and that thing on social media where like other people's posts are screenshot and yeah, then posted of, around. Of course, like it was a lot everywhere. Like the amount of like people like in Hollywood that were you know uh, posting um, you know pro-Israel um, uh, po- like posts and the flags and, you know, all this stuff. And then the, like the, the conversation shifted into this, you know, ridiculous, like, oh yeah, but like, do you condemn, like, do you condemn Hamas? Right. Like, and it, which was just or like just deflecting. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it was like such an intensely bad faith argument. Um, and like, and like, like th- that is a that is a very Hollywood centric thing, um, because there's like there's a large amount of Jewish people in Hollywood, and there's a lot of there's a large amount of people in Hollywood that are also Zionists or have conflated the two um, when the two are not intrinsically linked, right? Yes, and and like I can understand the immediate knee jerk reaction to like people who are if you're not informed can can think that an attack on Zionism is an anti semitic um, attack when that is not the case um, because like if you look at the history of Israel it was a state that was put in together by like the by the monarchy in the like or the, the like it oh put, that's a thing it, it's it's another it's it, another it's an imperialistic state that is just meant to be there to like destroy the lives of the Palestinian people like that is the entire like crux of their organization it's another colonial overreach yeah. and complete fuck up. I mean and it's probably actually not a fuck up. There's a there's a degree to which I, oh, it was, you know, we're so many years removed that this has evolved, but to to how it was set up in the first place, this would have in some way been intended to fold out in this way. And and like th- there are people in the games industry that are pro Israel, right? You like you know like Neil Druckmann is 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 the immediate one that that comes to mind because we understand his history with when he like when he lived in Israel and we understand that he like wrote the Last of Us Part Two's like warring factions to be like a a uh, version of that. Um, or a commentary on yeah and and you know sure enough when when this conflict started to really really kick off again he was he was posting again um uh pro israel like posts on his social media um in the past gal gadot has presented like a game award right like there are there are vested interests here in the game awards that would prevent Jeff Keighley from responding or accepting or appreciating this without looking again like a hypocrite. Hmm. And so, like, I think I'm just done with it. 
like I don't like and like we've we've said this in, like said this in the in the years in the past and it's it's difficult us doing this the website etc to ignore this because it is such an like it is such a an event in the industry it is it is mm-hmm. like like what do we get personally for ignoring it is like you know like we get personal satisfaction in a way um and the and the the knowledge that you're not helping build something but like like there's a reason that you cover stuff that sucks when you're working in this area um Mm. but overall like like the the only people that again the only people that that gain anything from the game awards are the people that are there who are showing off their commercials and or who can use the awards as a commercial. Yes. The, and uh, look, and the people that are there, like th- there are people there that are, are excited to accept their award. And th- th- to the to the game awards is not to its credit because they didn't intend for this to happen. But incidentally, this open letter has been given a level of legitimacy by the game awards in a mm-hmm. way that they did not intend to. So that is a side effect. That is not an intention. But I'm glad that it's happened. Yes, me too. But fuck. It's it's, it's happened really despite hard. it. It's happened despite the game awards. Yeah. And you know, I don't resent Keely for having the the goal. I don't think it's a bad goal to create the game awards to have an, to to get to a point and be like I would want to run an award show that's like the biggest stuff we've seen on Hollywood but for games right but the sure. thing is getting it to a scale like that has inherited many of the problems that those events carry with them and invented and discovered many new ones in the process um, that we have in this conversation discussed already at length and and like that's what happens when you emulate it. Like like it's not just yeah. that like he's accidentally walked walked through the same, you know, path that the that awards shows in other industries have have also walked. He's followed it. Like it's like he's looked at the worst of awards in media and went, "I'd love that for my industry." <laughs> yes, that's true. There was. <sighs> I, I was only made aware of a sort of anti-Hollywood award show sentiment within the last, I would say, five five to six years. I'm sure it's been there since I was younger and had no idea, but I do feel like it has intensified and uh, increased in the last decade or even half a decade. Sure. Um, so, yeah, like I don't think it's like looking at... It's not like looking at this is a weird analogy that my brain picked on, but it's not like looking oh, at kick.com and going like, Oh, I want to make that, you know, but there are issues. What? I uh, know it doesn't make sense. I, I, I meant in my head of something that you can look at and be like, I think this is bad, whatever, <laughs> just by looking at it and then replicating that. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, yes, like sure. looking at the Hollywood sort of award shows, I'm sure was sort of a thing of like, there is merit here. There is something to be gained here. There is something exciting here. It, it wasn't a, necessarily a money-making opportunity as a, as a goal, but to, to facilitate that goal of making it as big as it could be and to make it as uh, renowned the world over as it possibly could be, it has stumbled into those problems and and stumbled into that 
that um well that way of behaving and that way of 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 making your goals be met um that the, the the goals beget these problems is the thing that that level of success begets this level of sort of capitalistic cowardice i guess in a way you know where you're 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 hamstrung by the financial gain and possibility and advantages and opportunities that you can offer to people and that are offered to you and i think as well the Oscars and a lot of those awards nights, they are uh, like the ones that are not the game awards specifically. They are in a different level of um, higher, like a uh, uh, position of power that I think the game awards is in where the game awards realistically like, like app, like apples to apples is the more powerful entity here. It's more powerful than each individual ones of those companies that are there and eat and more powerful than each of the games that are being shown there as well. Perhaps excluding Grand Theft Auto 6, which we which we spoke about a little bit earlier. But like yeah, the one thing that could trump literally anything in the industry. Probably. Um whereas the Oscars are not. And the Oscars are they are a very powerful like um, entity in that space, but actors are often larger than the awards they are going to. Directors are often larger than the awards are going to, and some films also are larger than the awards that they are going to. And so you can have moments where, um, like like Marlon Brando is a really good example of that. Um, uh, I've got a I've got an excerpt here from a Collider article, which um, is the true story behind Marlon Brando's Oscar refusal. Um, when I scroll down to when the part of it actually happens, um, this is an excerpt from the article. Brando didn't even bother showing up to the Academy Awards show. According to the contender, everybody knew Marlon Marlon didn't show up and that he was going to send a mysterious someone to accept his award. When he was officially announced as the winner, the camera swooped across uh, the Dorothy Chandelier Pavilion and settled on a young woman with long black hair and a traditional Native American buckskin dress. She went up onto the stage, silently refused to take the award, and proceeded... What year was this? Oh, this was a while ago. Oh, yeah. Marlon Brando. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like, this was, for, this was for The Godfather, so somewhere in the 70s. Um, uh, she went up on stage, silently refused to take the award, and proceeded to go on a prolonged speech about how the American film industry had historically mistreated the Native American community and made a mockery of them. This led to an indeterminable amount of anxious, anxious mixtures of nervous applause and thunderous boos. Um, Jesus. Uh, and then it, it goes on. Um, uh, that was Sachine Littlefeather was the name of the woman who went on stage. Like, Brando, very damaged man, a whole lot of issues there. He could do that right yeah. he was larger than the awards because he had that power and then used that power for a positive message like or like or even just like a call out right he drew attention to an important thing that the awards were honestly fighting against mm. um leading it wrapping it back into the game awards i don't know who can do that which one person has that immediate I am bigger than this entire awards show, which I think is an issue. Oh, well, I, and I don't think the industry is old enough to have anyone like that right now. I like, I think we, we might be able to say someone like Miyamoto, maybe, you know, like, like 
like veterans, people who've sure. been around for so 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 long. You like, know, look, like it, like Marlon Brando is a name that's up there with like Frank Sinatra. Sure, you know where. And I imagine when this happened, he was at a point in his career where his a lot of his work was probably behind him and not necessarily in front of him in terms of his age yes, and yes. capacity. So what did he have to lose necessarily? He had all of the success. He had so many, uh, not just financial success, but all of this critical acclaim and 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 this this body of work. That doesn't go away overnight by speaking out for the benefit of others. You know, it's it's not like, it's not the same as, uh, it being difficult to watch things with Kevin Spacey in it these days. It's it's it's, yeah. it's, it's not necessarily a, a heinous thing to give voice to a, a minority group. It doesn't ruin. So what does what does he have to lose by doing that? Not much. You're right. But he he has stood up. Keely has stood up for things in the past. He has been on stage and called out what he believes, and I agree with him. Were injustices injustices. The Hideo Kojima thing that he called out eight years ago, in 2015, 2015 was a perfect example of him doing the right thing at the right time with his platform. He was, he was like rightfully like uh, applauded for it. It was the right thing to do. And then years later, he got to do his, like his bookend to it, which was provide Kojima with the award in person. Um, and that was a that was a good moment. Mm-hmm. Kojima aside, that will not happen from that man again. No, I don't think so. What's the point of the game awards? Point is to be big. Yep. <laughs> the point of the game awards is to be big. The point of the game awards is to sell product. Don't ask questions and enjoy next product. Yeah. What a what a waste. Yeah, in a lot of respects, yeah. I think there's merits to it and I do like you said before I like there it is good that there are opportunities afforded to people like the future class yep. that as you know um that that's that is fantastic there are benefits to this thing but you're right the the core of what the tgas is the core of what they strive towards it it pushes towards something that i think is inherently flawed yeah and especially in a year like this year where the amount of people that have that have lost their jobs the amount of studios that have that have been shut down you know I, I like we don't know who the sponsors are because those don't get announced until I think the show is actually on. Um, but the like Embrace is a big company, and every other week, I feel like all they're doing is just shutting down more and more of the studios that they bought because they fucked up a different deal that had nothing to do with the studio they just shut down. Right? Like yep. Embracer has become like a parasite on the industry. They're becoming what people thought Vivendi were going to become, which they're just well, going to start. I mean. Yeah, I've been feeling pretty cynical about their acquisition spree uh, uh, since, of course, like, since they were THQ Nordic. You know, since they were like, sure, we're going to pick up the the mantle of this company that yeah. died a fateful death and see if it'll go better this time. But we're actually seeing the the real time cause and effect of that happening. Like we are yeah. we are seeing the fruits of that, which has become like just a tremendous amount of job loss. Yeah, thousands of jobs. Yeah, um, dozens of studios. 
Will Embracer be at the Game Awards? As a whole, I don't know. I mean, there there are many there are many embraced uh, in, individuals will in they, certain parts will be, but will they be showing off games that they have coming out soon? Like like this this is what I mean. Like there's no there's no the game awards are a deeply unserious thing and i just i can't give it any more than what it is which is just like like you are worth nothing <laughs> i feel like logan yeah. roy from succession like you're deeply unserious people <laughs> i um you you've said that a few times now that the game awards isn't serious and i'm remi- every time you say that i'm reminded of uh, classic me, I'm wearing my kind of funny shirt, so here here I go with my kind of funny reference. But I'm reminded of when Greg was nominated for and won the... Uh, oh, fuck, what did they call it? The the Trending Gamer. Trending Gamer, thank you. Yeah, I remember The that. Trending Gamer Award in 2015, which they, they, they only did like one or two more times and then turned it to like content creator, which yeah. is what it is today. Yeah. Um, well, not even anymore. I think they, they they shelved it, and now it's like best journalism or something. No, no, no. It's, what... it's it's still content then, then it, Oh, okay, then, right. Then... Oh, right. And then I'm thinking of how People Make Games were nominated for that this year, which is, by the way, fantastic because they've done some of the best journalism I've ever seen. Not alone, not just in this industry, but yeah. anyway, I'm far off the point I was trying to make, which is also... I'm reminded of Greg winning the award in 2015, and he got up and he made that speech, and it was about how he wanted to thank. Uh, someone from Rise of the someone from the development team of Rise of the Tomb Raider, because the previous night he had rolled credits on it and he picked a name, and he like I think he messaged them and said, "Is it okay if I say your name up on the stage?" And and they said yes, and and he thanked them, and he and he used that as a point to be like, you know, I can you can I you, I'm so thankful for this award, but I wouldn't be here without the the people who put their their time and their blood and their sweat and their tears who who stay late and and lose time lose out on time with their family to create these things that we love so much that are responsible for why we're all here today and he gave that impassioned speech and he gave it in a timely manner he gave it with uh with an excellent sort of performance as he as he does he did it within the confines of what that was but it was in such a way i think that meant that you know, some people I think maybe had a speech like that ready to go the next time. And I, I, there's a sense that I had that Keely realized that he was giving a platform to these potentially radical moments that he was uncomfortable with. And yeah, right. And that got scaled back. The opportunity for someone to get up and thank the industry like that, it was impromptu. He didn't have to do that. Anyone could have done that there. And that opportunity has been scaled back more and more over time. Moments like that where people come up and thank the individuals who are responsible, like even Chris Judge last year winning his award for uh, Best Performance in God of War, that was a serious moment. And it became a bit funny because it was drawn out. Greg Miller getting up there and thanking the industry, that's a serious moment because it's not scripted. It's from the heart. It's not run by... uh, It's not... It's not... um, run past a whole group. It's not run past the advisory board of AMD and Activision and Ubisoft and Valve. Joseph Perez like, saying, fuck the Oscars. Exactly. Those are, those are some of the strongest moments and some of the biggest parts of the Game Awards legacy that we have. And they are not fostered. They are not encouraged. No, they are not and developed. I, and it's I, not the point of the awards. And I can give you an immediate 
resp- like a, a like a moment that I will never forget, which is the moment that there was a I don't remember exactly what the, I think it was I think it was Spider Man, but I don't hundred percent remember where this was at the 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 award the not the awards the the his Keely's E three thing from earlier this year when he he was talking about menu log or DoorDash or whatever. And he began, oh, from the Summer Game Fest, was it? Yeah. And he starts to... He mentions Sephiroth or Spider-Man. No, he, so he said he mentioned Final Fantasy. Yeah. I think he said, like, speaking of Final Fantasy, and yeah. the crowd went, oh, yeah. and he was like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. but... <laughs> And like, look, I'm 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 now doing a psychoanalyst on him, so like, all of the, all of this is also alleged. But like, he looks. Yeah, this is just this is just yeah. But 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 I, I think it speaks to it because again, he centers himself in all of this that you can't help but like it's he's the director of the whole thing. Like, this is how this works. Um, when everyone started to cheer because he mentioned Final Fantasy, and everyone thought they were going to see Final Fantasy um, uh, oh, rebirth, rebirth, and they started to cheer, and he's like, no, 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 and he goes silent and. Like he looks pissed. Like he looks angry that he's not been given the response that that everyone is excited for, or like like the response that they are giving him is not the thing that he's trying to amp them up about. He's trying to amp them up about DoorDash, which is deeply, deeply unserious. Um, he's like, like well, maybe we'll watch that clip in the post show. But he looks. I, I think that's a good. I remember that differently because I remember him. I think maybe being concerned, but also saying all of that with a bit of a smile, like a wry smile, like, oh, oh sorry, that was a bit of a, that did, did, wasn't meant to go that way. That's what I recall from that. I don't remember that smile. It. I don't remember that smile. Yeah. Um, and then what was even more hilarious was Final Fantasy VII Rebirth finished the show. Yeah, like it was in the show still. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, that was another point that I wanted to bring up about like the the the, the thing that he's unable to control. But if, like, I, like I think the other one is like this one sticks out more in my mind just that you think I I just enjoy remembering, which was when the the, the Zaum developers from Disco Elysium, um, oh yeah, when they went on stage and they thanked Frederick Engels and Karl Marx directly on stage when they were accepting yep. their award, which is yep. deeply funny and made a lot of people in that room kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fuck, that was so funny. Yeah, very, very funny. And very few people could get away with doing that. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, let's put a pin in this here because, I mean, we're not, we're just, this is, it's just a discussion, but we're not solving anything tonight. And also, uh, the context for all of this discussion will be radically different in four days' time when the Game Awards 2023 have come and gone. So, uh, yeah, we will no doubt be talking about the TGAs next week. The TGAs, where T stands for the, uh, <laughs> T-TGAs. Um, we'll no doubt be talking about them next week, uh, talking about potential announcements, potential awards, potential moments, what we think on the merit of the, the situation after, after this year, what happens if they do let the future class have a voice to talk about Palestine, whether it's completely silent. Um, it all remains to be seen in the next few days um but it, it thank always, you for it all just feels like a like a joke doesn't it um it feels like a like a like a puppet show yeah it's a bit of a uh An a act. very visible symptom of a lot of problems that are not being solved by this you know it's a very much like like you said why why is this actually happening if 
if the things that are actually important to the people who are part of this industry can't be spoken about? It's a, it's a good question. What a waste. <laughs> Thank you for bringing this, Jeremy, and for the work you did in preparing uh, for this discussion. I think it has been one of our best. Uh, let's wrap it up. We're going to go to the post show immediately after this. But like I said, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking about that. Uh, we'll be talking about what was the other thing, the GTA six trailer, which is coming out in like 24 hours from when we're recording this, I think. So, um, yeah, lots to, a lot to talk about next week. So be sure to tune in for that. Uh, but yeah, if you want to catch us whenever we release the next episode or go live or whatever, you can follow us on our social accounts. That's at minimapau or just the name of the website on blue sky. That's minimap.com.au. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's the next thing here? You can follow us individually on our social accounts as well. Jeremy, where can they follow you? Uh, at Obi-Wan Jez everywhere. That isn't blue sky with blue sky being jeremy.minimap.com.au you. You. you can follow me on Twitter at KJ Palmer underscore 24 or on Blue Sky, just KJ Palmer, uh, no underscore 24. You can head to minimap.com.au for absolutely everything else minimap related, including uh, our other podcasts, our written articles, a uh, bunch of good stuff up there. And you can add me you- um, on uh, Kingdom Hearts, uh, the missing link or whatever it's called. Um, my name on that is just Jeremy because your boy got in real quick. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Be sure to add uh, Jeremy on Kingdom Hearts Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Cock and Ball Torture. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, the advertisers, shut up. Um, <laughs> for those of you that are live with us, on Twitch, stick around. We're about to start the post show. For those of you who are listening later, thank you so much for listening uh, all the way through and those of you live with us listening all the way through too. Uh, it means a lot if you wanted to support the show for free. You could do that very easily, very quickly, very simply by giving the show a positive rating. Those oh so tasty five-star ratings. It helps us out a lot. Consider joining us next week for the live show if you're around as well. Uh, and lastly, if you wanted to, su- wanted to support us monetarily, uh, for what we do here, you can help us keep the mics and lights on by heading on over to patreon.com slash minimapau. And for five Australian bucks, you'll get 24 hours of early access for all episodes of the Minimap cast, as well as some more benefits, all while helping us out greatly. Jeremy, it was great to see the debut debut of your new set. I can't wait to see it next week. And uh, until then, 